0: Christmas. That time of year when you chill out, reflect on how 12 months ago you were reflecting on the previous 12 months, and pop on that movie that is only acceptable this time of year. We wish you were merry, they don't make them like they used to Christmas. Christmas. Yet another thing they don't make like they used to.
1: Oh, the way
0: Hello! Welcome to They Don't Make Him Like They Used To at Sunshine Radio at St. Mary's Hospital on the Isle of Wight. That was Dean Martin with Let It Snow, and I am Toasting, your host for the next hour and a half. We are joined by Sharon. Hello! Yes, your mic is on. Good. Hey. And a special guest for this week only, Claudia. Hello! Yes, and um, now what we are often do on this show is we talk about classic movies, movies made before 1980. But with it being Christmas and all... We went on and asked a whole load of people what their favorite Christmas movie is. So we went to the hospital, as we usually do. We went to Alveston Ward, our pet ward, as we usually do. And we asked, we have patients, we have nurses, we have doctors, we have Facebook friends of the show. And with that, I would like to thank Caroline, Dave, Olive, Eddie, Peter, Eddie. Oh, no, I already said Eddie. Peter, John, Kevin, Monica, Mickey, and Clem for joining us on the show today. It was great talking to you and great hearing what you actually have to say, what you have to say. So thank you for joining us. We have the whole gamut here. We have for everything from the unashamedly Christmassy movies to those who Ebenezer Scrooge would approve of. <sighs> How are you guys doing? You guys feeling Christmassy yet?
2: Getting there, it's still busy. <laughs> I keep hoping that it will quieten down and you know, I'll be able to enjoy the whole Christmas thing. But so far, I'm. you know, it's busy. <laughs> And I thought being self-employed meant you had lots of time on your hands, but not well, this year, it doesn't.
0: Oh, well, well, yeah, that means that it's good. That's, that's a good time of self-employed when you don't have that much time.
2: Yes, when
3: you are, yeah. Get <laughs> at it.
0: Yeah. Cool, cool. Good stuff. How about you, Claude? How's it going?
3: I have made no preparations for Christmas <gasps> whatsoever. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. It's been terrible. I'm just, I just haven't made any time to do it. And because I've just been busy at work, I just um, haven't got around to it. it but I bounced. will do something this weekend.
2: As long as you've got a plan, then it's okay. I mean, uh, the one thing I found when I'm being self-employed is I started Christmas preparations ridiculously early. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, because I thought... before it was like payday, November payday. It was like, okay, I'm going to blow all of November payday on Christmas. And I thought, I don't have a payday a month anymore. I get paid. (laughs) 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 So I started Christmas, literally started Christmas shopping in the summer, during the summer sales. I bought my first Christmas present in June.
0: Oh my goodness. We're kind of like, okay, I've I've got the money now. Yes. So (laughs) I'll
2: buy it now. And I saw some stuff. That was like, it had like seasonal offers and it was selling off all this winter stuff in June that no one wanted. So I bought some really, really nice things <laughs> that were like wintry, but in the summer. So I've just put them all to one side and I've just bought every time, well, basically like once a week or once a month, I would buy a present for someone and put it aside. And so I've actually done all my Christmas shopping. It was all finished a couple of weeks ago.
3: Wow. So I'm all I've got so to do jealous. is wrap
2: it all up, which Gosh. I think, oh, Okay. it's getting there.
0: Well, cool. Well, thank you. <laughs> And um, I can't think of how to segue anyway, so I'm just going to (laughs) move. I'm just going to go. So what we did is that usually we actually go into, as I said, a pet word, Alveston. And we have quite a few different things to get through today. So I'm going to kick off just by going on with the first person who we spoke to in there, who was Caroline, who is one of the nurses on Alveston. And uh, hear what Caroline said about her favorite Christmas movie.
4: Okay, it's Caroline's sister, and my favourite Christi- Christmas movie is The Muppets Christmas Carol. It's the must have movie when you're putting up your Christmas tree. I like the story, uh, I like the characters, I like the music, and it's fun.
0: All right, girl, well, I think we're going to play you one song from Muppet Christmas Carol. What do you want us to play?
4: Mm. I don't know if there's one from Muppet Christmas Carol that you could play. So if I was to pick a Christmas tune for you to play. It would be, let me have a think. It would have to be Silent Night. Silent Night. Yeah, because it reminds me of when I was young and my father worked nights. And I remember my mother buying him a cassette recorder for Christmas. And he was working the Christmas Eve night. And I sung Silent Night for him as his first recording on that. And he played it on Christmas Day.
0: Yes, that was Silent Night by the choir of St John's College in Cambridge, and uh, Caroline. I think as great as that was, I'm pretty sure that for your dad, your version on his recorder sounded way better than anything that they could do. You should have seen Claudia. Claudia was actually almost. I think I thought you were going to start crying when you just saw, like heard the story about her and her dad and stuff.
3: Oh, I thought that that was really, really sweet. Um, I was genuinely thinking you should have played that story at the end, Tosin, because I don't think any of the rack. other ones are going to be better, yeah. Rubbish, I should have.
5: Never mind, never <laughs>
0: mind. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, so, Muppet's Christmas Carol is the film that she picked that said, like, in her favourite Christmas movie.
2: I've got a friend, my friend Cathy, I'll give her name check. That's her favourite Christmas film as well. Really? Yeah. She just loves it, yeah. Loves that
3: film. That film I found genuinely scary as a child. I don't know why, but um, I just... Found it really scary. I think I've only watched it all the way through maybe once, and that was probably when I was about ten or twelve, much older than. So <laughs> I think I was older when I saw when I it. I think I was it. older,
2: but I do remember thinking how funny it was, you know, that Kermit and Miss Piggy are obviously <laughs> married, and they've got some little pig babies and some little frog babies. <laughs> They haven't got anything that's like a pig frog or a pomfrey. Mm. Uh, no, 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 no. Like so? The
0: the the, ba- <laughs> the babies are. The, I think the funny thing was that like all the boys were frogs and yeah. all the girls yeah. were ga- all the <laughs> girls it. were pigs. Yeah. So, but this is this is a film that I I keep finding out it it's pretty much it's sneakily become a classic it's sneakily become a christmas classic because obviously um a christmas carol the the dickens story is probably one of the most filmed christmas stories it's like it just happens over and over again and they make different versions and then there's a musical version and then there's a modern day version set in new york and then there's a computer generated version with jim carrey and all that kind of stuff yeah there's all these versions i mean
3: i haven't seen any of them no, yeah. If
0: if you go into the Wikipedia page and try and okay. find how many how many films have been made of a Christmas Carol, it's just endless. Yeah. But Muppet Christmas Carol seems to be standing out above a lot of these films and. I'm not sure whether it's just the combination of Muppets with like a you know, time old story, but and
2: Michael Caine
0: and Michael Caine, Michael Caine being Scrooge. <laughs> I, yeah, mean, I remember him yeah. in that. Yeah. Because I, mean, I, mean, I, 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 I know personally, if you put the Muppets in anything, I am there. Yeah, they're I, they're good. I they're just good. There. And the Muppets doing Christmas Carol just there's something about that that just seems right, yeah. and it just seems like it, like most of the like the best Christmas movies, it just ends up seeming effortless it seems like they don't have to push they don't have to make a it just seems like yeah this fits this fits this is it this is what Christmas is about <laughs> in some sort of weird way it's, yeah. it, it just sort of like says Christmas
2: and they get all the Muppets in there yeah it's like, isn't Waldorf and Statler aren't they the ghosts of Mars oh <laughs>
0: You know, I was so hoping. I was hoping, like, if Caroline hadn't come up with a song that I was going to go with the Marley and Marley song because I love that. Waldorf and Statler, the the old Muppets who just sits who usually sit on yeah, the the grumpy ones in the, the, the Muppet show, they just sit on the back lane and all they go, is, "Oh, that was terrible! I can't believe it! What's going on here?" And they they show up as because in the original story is Jacob Marley. Jacob
2: Marley's ghost is the it's, first ghost. Yeah, yeah
0: and they they show up as Marley and Marley, so they have like twins or something. And they come and they're singing this song where they go. well marley and marley Ooh. <laughs> we're marley and marley i uh, i uh i love that film i absolutely love that film i think michael Caine, being the only human cast member in the entire film he totally sells it like the whole scroogey and like to when he shows up all happy at the end and i, I remember this bit where he where i think the 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 employees come to him and go, oh, uh, the employees are oh, just the wondering- little rats. Yeah, the little rats. Rizzo <laughs> yeah. the rat shows up and is like, we're wondering if we could have a little bit of coal for the fire because it's kind of cold out there. And it's like, well, will you ask the employees how they were all like to be suddenly unemployed? <laughs> and then they're all wearing like Hawaiian clothes going, this is my island in the sun. <laughs> It's just
2: nuts. So really nuts.
0: <laughs> oh no, it's it's Muppets. It's essentially the Christmas the Carol Muppets story nuts, yeah, with the, the Muppets, Muppets into it, and it's I I love it. I love the film. And when she said it, I was like, mm hmm, because I'm finding more and more people are coming out saying favorite Christmas movie, Muppet Christmas Carol. More people are saying that. But anyway, enough from me. What do you guys think?
2: I think yeah, I think it's, it genuinely deserves a
3: place as a classic in the the canon of Christmas
2: Christmas films. movies.
0: Claude, I
3: think I'm gonna use this show to make a list of Christmas films I have to re-watch <laughs> this Christmas because I'm finding that I vaguely remember Christmas Carol and I remember Michael Caine in it and obviously all of the Muppets but all of this kind of little details that you're talking about are just things that I don't quite remember so I think I'm going to watch it again.
0: Oh no, I, I would totally, there, totally there. recommend it. Totally recommend it. Yeah, to think, oh, and I think it's just so, I know it's Muppets but I think they, they cast it so well like who they cast as a different like...
2: Yeah, the K- Muppets they use. Yeah, yeah
0: Kermit as Bob Cratchit or Cratchit is genius mm-hmm. <laughs> because it just so works it just over- anyway uh anyway good good stuff we have a lot of films to get through today but <laughs> first of all i just want to say caroline thank you for getting us to a cracking start lovely story about you and your dad lovely film that you picked in and great song as well great song as well and now we have a first facebook friend of the show who is going to show up. And the thing is, uh, we have a Facebook page and people who uh, might not be in the hospital or linked to the hospital, although may very possibly have been born in the hospital, would uh, would get onto the the page and they interact with the show that way. And a couple of people actually told us what their favourite films were um, through this. And here is a friend of ours called Dave, and this is what he had to say about his favourite film. Hang on a second.
1: It's a Wonderful Life. Um, it's James Stewart's really good in it, and uh, it's really—it's um, quite miserable, but the ending's fantastic, and it's all—it's worth it for the end because it's uh, just really feel-good ending. And that's why I like it. Do
0: you remember what your first—what um, your first experience of watching *It's a Wonderful Life* was like?
1: Uh, I probably didn't think that much of it at the time. It's just, as I've got older and sort of had children and things. And then sort of you look at it differently and uh, you get sentimental as you get older, I think, you know. That's it, really.
0: <laughs> cool, it's a wonderful life. Now this, you always expect this to show up. You always expect this to show up in a list of films that people would say, oh, great Christmas movie, great Christmas movie. So much so that we spoke to Olive <laughs> in um, Alveston Ward again. And this is what Olive had to say. Can you guess what film she chose?
2: Well, apart from The Muppet's Christmas Carol, it's got to be <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life. Really heartwarming, lots of snow in it.
0: Any other thing? remember the first time you watched that and what it was like?
2: Uh. Oh, I don't know. Uh, probably a long, long while ago, but I watched it again last year with my children, or grown-up children, and it's their favourite film now as well.
0: Cool. Any particular Christmas song you want us to play for you?
2: Um, well, my favourite Christmas one is Fairy Tale in New York okay. by the Pogues. Um, famous c- uh, favourite Carolee one would be Oh Holy Night. I love that one. Oh, night, yeah. I'm
0: sorry, I'm sorry. That's no. the one. <laughs>
6: <laughs> okay, cool, good stuff. was <laughs> Christmas drunk tank an old man said to me won't see another one and then I sang a song the rare old mountain dew I turned my face away and dreamed about you God I and in, into one. I've got a feeling, This years is for me you. So happy Christmas, I love you, baby. I can see a better time when all our dreams come true. What's up? for Christmas Day. Day.
0: thank you very much olive that was for you it's um a fairy tale of new york the pogues and Kirsty mccall but it's a wonderful life was chosen and sorry we couldn't play all oh, holy night as well had to make a decision and decided because um olive had said the pogues first we're going to go with the pogues because i know claudia once you heard all oh, holy night you were kind of like yes thumbs up weren't you
3: yeah it's a great carol <laughs> it's really it, it it's one of my favorites it is. It's
0: but nice the, to sing as well. Yeah, it is. It is. It, you can really get into it. Well, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that that's that's. V- oh, Holy Night nice is really one of those. Stand on the point and close your eyes and just sort of like go into the melody of the song, mm. kind of thing, and all that. But it's a wonderful life, Sharon. You've seen it.
2: Yeah, definitely seen it several times. Okay, I think again, as, as I think was Olive was saying, I think it grows on you the more. And I think Dave said as well, the more you see it, it grows on you. Because I think when I first saw it as a child, and I didn't like it mm. because to me it's get, he gets it goes so dark. And when you see him, he's like utter despair isn't it he gets that point where he's at his lowest possible air yeah and i just hated to see him that upset (laughs) i just don't like seeing that level of sort of like distress in anyone and i found it really hard to watch Mm -hmm. and so i never liked it and as i've got older i can um yeah i've appreciated the sort of the different levels of in there that I did that I probably missed when it was and again that sort of depth of despair and then when he's really happy I was just you'd be slightly embarrassed by that as well
0: or the book is running along the street and he's like Merry Christmas yeah
2: I just found that embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> I'm too English when i good I think but I think yeah so I, as a child I didn't like it but it has grown on me as I've got older yeah. I've become to appreciate it much
0: more yeah because that, that almost mirrors what happened to the film to begin with because when it was released it wasn't a hit it wasn't, nobody really liked it. It got relegated to... Yeah,
2: just like cable television. Yeah, it,
0: got, it? it, it got relegated to like Christmas at some weird hour, like, you know, some midnight hour that they show the film. And then slowly, it sort of built this following uh, over the years because... But it's pretty much what you were saying and what like Dave and what he <laughs> we was saying. First time people watched it were like, well, oh, what are, I don't know about that. And they left it. But then as time went on, they sort of started appreciating more and more. And all of a sudden it's like, Seen by many people as the Christmas movie, mm. as the quintessential Christmas movie. And it's, it's, um, it, I, I personally haven't seen it. I haven't seen, it. I know about the story and I know that it, there are people keep talking about how, like, you know, how dark it gets. And essentially, with the first time you see this man, He's he's decided that look it's it's, it's just not worth it anymore. Yeah. it's not. And then it's a whole the whole film is about him finding out about about.
2: Yeah, if he'd never lived, yeah. what what life would have been like for everyone around him? Yeah, and I suppose it tells people about the impact their own lives have that everyone thinks they themselves is insignificant. Mm-hmm. But when we think about our daily life, we impact in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, and we just need to make sure that we are in impact for good rather than not.
5: Yeah. so
0: it's
2: a good lesson
3: to
0: be learned from well, it's film. a good it's a good question it's a very and it's a lesson I think that they've tried to do a couple of times I know there was a film called The Family Man with Nicolas Cage yes. which pretty much tried to do the same thing obviously not, not as good because Nicolas Cage as great as he is he's no Jim Stewart no yeah and, and, the, and I know when the film was first released as well they actually had the well I think the, the people in the American government were against the film because of when it was released and you know the whole Cold War thing and stuff. Yeah, and they felt that the film was giving a communist message, which was kind of like everybody needs everybody and we all need to be together. Yeah. And they thought it was like a sort of like a backdoor, sort of like communist message. So they actively lobbied against the film. <laughs> and now it's kind of like you know an American classic that like you know all yeah. Americans just love. So,
2: yeah, sometimes I think the American government doesn't get it. <laughs> no matter what age you're you really, Sometimes sound like you just don't get it, do you?
0: <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think some other people mentioned this later on. But And I know we've met, spoke about this on previous shows and all that, about how, I know, when we're talking about um, Roald Dahl, we're talking about people like Roald yeah. Dahl and stuff, about how when it gets really, really dark, then all of a sudden the sort of, like, explosion of emotion or the triumph of good over evil at the end means a lot more and it seems like this is the case like you have oh, it's a wonderful life and everybody talks about how dark it gets and how depressing mm-hmm. it gets and for goodness sake it's supposed to be christmas why is it, yeah, <laughs> why aren't why you happy he? it's supposed Su- to be christmas
2: suicide it's not a, a yeah. christmas message generally
0: exactly yeah people everybody's going like what the heck is wrong with you like, yeah. but i think it's the fact that it seems to do this whole thing where it looks at okay this is what life is like and i think when i think of what dave said he talked about as he grew older and I think it's a bit is a case of as you go through life and you realise, Oh yeah, those those times do happen. Yeah. And those things do affect you and all that. But at the end of it it's almost kind of like a triumph over all the rubbish that life can put you through.
2: Mm. And being grateful for what you do have. Because I think in the end he realizes that his his wife has always been there and his children have been there. But when he got to that point where he was in that pit of despair, mm-hmm. he just couldn't see the value of or how much they loved him. That yeah. didn't didn't have its sort of The value that it had, that it deserved, yeah. And then he was able to appreciate the fact that actually, I've had this loving family around me, Mm -hmm. and I've had so many good things around me that I need to be thankful for. (laughs) And there's the angel as well. And every time I hear a bow ring now, it's like, an angel's got his wings. (laughs) I don't believe it, but I think (laughs) I don't think they earn their wings.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's that's the power of film, film. especially 1950s film, but. Claude, it looks like you're making a, another list of watch that film as well.
3: I yes, this has been added to my list. <laughs> Be prepared for darkness there in the middle. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's just like any raw story that you would ever read. All right, cool. Thank you very much. And so now we went from the staff, from the staff in Alveston, we actually got to speak to a patient in Alveston, and yeah, we had to speak. We got to speak to Eddie, and this is what Eddie had to say about his favorite Christmas movie.
7: Um. White Christmas, because my mum and dad used to like it, and I used to watch it when I had it on at the um, at home when I was living with them. Yeah. So that's why. And it's I'm better. quite a fan of Bing Crosby, although I know he's before my time. But you know, I sort of love the old. My mum used to love the old black and white things, and I, you know, I can understand why they liked them a lot. You know, so that's why. I really lo- like them, really. Ah,
0: so, yeah, because that's, that's a total big Crosby classic, isn't
7: it? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, sold, I don't have any records, but it it's sold millions, didn't it? So, you know, yeah.
0: So what do you remember most about White Christmas?
7: I just love the story of it. It's You know, it's, um, I mean, it's on every year I watch it when it comes on. You never get tired of watching it, I don't think. It's just one of them films, isn't it, that, you know, in the, in their day was, you know, Hollywood, wasn't it, and all the clips and everything, so. I mean, I like singing in the rain and sort of things like that, Gene Kelly, you know. <laughs> I know, but, you know, it's just, I don't know, I think I would have loved to have lived in the 40s and 50s, uh, 40s and 30s, although I was brought up in the 50s with... Cliff and Elvis and all them, you know, that was my music. I mean, they had their music with Ben and people like that, you know, and we had our music with Elvis and Cliff and, you know, sort of growing up with them a lot. Yeah. I'm still a Cliff fan, even now, after all these years, you know, I still think he's great, you know. And um, I mean, the first record I brought was Move It. Well, I didn't buy it. My brother brought it. And, of course, Cliff was all the rage when he was around. He was 17, 18 when Cliff came out. And he brought a lot of Cliff's records. And I just got listening to him and thought, well, you know, what a great you know, voice he had. And I've been a fan ever since, even through the decades, that he's changed, you know. But.
0: So, uh, would you like for... Christmas song, would
7: you like us to play you something from White Christmas or play you something from Cliff? No, yeah, Cliff Mistletoe Wines, my
0: favourite.
5: Wine. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Thank
0: you very much. That's Thank all
7: right. You. Thank you.
8: The child is a king, the Carolus. The old is past, there's a new beginning. Dreams of Santa, dreams of snow. Fingers numb, faces aglow. It's Christmas time, mistletoe and wine. Children sing.
0: Good old Cliff. (laughs) Thank you very much for that, Eddie. So, Eddie spoke about White Christmas and Mistletoe and Wine. And once more, we have people swerving the song from the film and going toward just a good old Christmas classic song. So, Sharon, I happen to know, I think this time last year, you actually chose White Christmas as one of your choices as a movie. Yes,
2: definitely. I think it is one of my all-time favourite Christmas films. Mm Mm-hmm it's yeah we play it every year no without fail we one of us will put the dvd on but there's um at home and yeah we we all love it you know we love it yeah i like i think for us it was danny k we always liked danny k oh yeah at home my mum liked being because she liked the old crooners but we always thought that danny k was really funny so the fact that he was in it was really good and yeah it's just it's just funny it's joyful it's uh, yeah, it's just all the good things.
0: Yeah, so so Eddie Eddie said a little bit about, he said a little bit about, the, you know, he said like the story of it and everything like that. Yeah. So, quick synopsis. What's this? Because, why Christmas? I mean, people have heard the song. Yes. It's I'm dreaming of a Christmas. Claudia, you must have heard that song.
3: I've heard the song, yeah.
2: yeah not I, watched the film, but
0: yeah. I've heard the song. Yeah, but I think there's not that many people who've actually watched the film or know what it's about. They just, um, when I talk just to know that about it, big. They're like,
2: they only know the song, yeah. yeah. Basically, two army pals in 1944 meet. And then they, after the war, they get together and they become a double act. They become very famous. That's Bing and Danny Kaye. And their general during the war was um, a man they greatly admired, and all the troops would love him. He was like one. but, But when he retired, he bought a skiing lodge in Vermont. And when they're on one of their concert tours, they they get contacted by the people who run this inn, saying, "Look, would you come up and see the old general?" And they go up there and they find that it's having a really slow year and that he's in danger of losing his inn. So Danny Kaye and Bill Crosby decide to put on a Christmas show to help the inn and to help their old general. And so they put on the show with all their, their full team of, you know, their Broadway stars that come in and do the song and dances. And when they're on their tour and on their journey, they meet two sisters who are also like a sister's double act and sort of romantic shenanigans entwined between the two sisters and the two guys and they they are part of the show as well and then on Christmas Eve they're doing this big show and they put a call out to say Any, anyone who served in the division with the general in 1944 we're having this great big reunion on Christmas Eve in Vermont at the inn and we want you all to come and then all these old army guys turn out and they have this huge party and just as the show starts in the inn it starts snowing and so they pull back the the, the doors, because they were going to have it in the barn. They'd converted the barn into a theatre, as only they do in Hollywood movies. And they pull back the barn doors, and then they can see it snowing, and all the children are dancing, and all the, the old soldiers there in their old uniforms. And then Bing comes out, and Danny Kay comes out, and Rosemary Clooney comes out, and the other one who we can never remember her name. (laughs) She comes out and then they all sing White Christmas together. Yeah. So it's always about this film about, you know, it's about friendship, about loyalty, about generosity. And it's just, it's a good film for Christmas.
0: Oh, I look really cool. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things that Bing Crosby in a Santa suit. So yes, like. and
2: they try to look cool, but it's completely not. There's nothing cool <laughs> about any of their outfits. I think the ladies look really nice. They have these floor-length, the red velvet dresses with the white trim, and they have the big fur muffs, and they look lovely. Yeah. But when you see Danny Kaye and
0: Bing Crosby, Bing Crosby
2: come out, and they've these huge collars, and they've got these red velvet suits and bouts around the middle and boots on, you think... You look nothing but naff.
0: Well, I'm sorry. Well, I guess. But it's w-
2: such fu- it's fun,
0: especially with Bing Crosby. If there was anybody you were going to choose to play Father Christmas, it would not be would Bing not Crosby. Be yeah. He was just he was like stick thin all the way through his life. I don't yeah. think he, I don't think he ever put on any weight.
2: No, <laughs> no. But he was never athletically slim. He was always yeah, yeah, yeah. just, you know, 40s slim.
0: Yeah, it was sort of like With like a
2: different physique altogether. Yeah. And so it's always, it always amused me as well that he was like the romantic lead in the film when I didn't think there's anything rom- <laughs> romantic about Bing Crosby at all. <laughs> the fact that he was a romantic lead, I was like, really? <laughs> You've got all these dances and you choose Bing Crosby. I, can't, I don't understand it. <laughs> but there is some, there's some great scenes. There's some, there's some so proper song and dances in there. There's, yeah, there's a... Yeah, there's everything you want from a film is in there. There's, yeah, there's Danny Kaye dancing and singing. There's some comedy numbers. There's, yeah, it is great. It is great. Cool, cool. One of my all-time Christmas favourites.
0: Cool. Claudia added to the list.
3: Yes. This has, again, (laughs) been added to my
5: list.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right, cool. So then we finished up in Alveston. And after we finished up in Alveston, because I'm actually quite happy to say that it was quite slow in there and there were quite a few empty beds, which I always think, I mean, I always like it whenever you go to the hospital and there's not that many people in yeah, there it's because it's a good sign that people are hopeful. Well, hopefully it's a sign. I mean, Claude you could probably tell us more of the truth. But I choose to believe that it means that people are doing well and there's you not know, people coming into the hospital with one thing or another. Yeah, so, they could be going home. Yeah, yeah. And so we need to look stop Stop looking at me like.
3: That. I'm not looking you at you in any particular way could just be so, so you know Claudia, you Claudia works in the hospital <laughs>
0: <okay. laughs> alright oh maybe they were all out on like you know a cigarette break or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we went into Luckham Ward which is right beside Alveston Ward and spoke to Peter and Peter said something that is going to give that that is going to give
9: the both of you a lot to talk about <gasps> okay yeah and this is what Peter had to say my name is Peter Godber and my favorite christmas movie is um is it miracle on th- is it miracle on, miracle on 34th street um yeah the, the original one where you had um Nat- natalie wood but i think plays plays a little girl i think it was it was 1947 yeah yeah uh, that that is my favorite christmas m- movie
0: what do you love so much about that
9: um it's just just that the the the, the whole it just gives the whole magic of of Christmas, especially at the end, where, where the, the little girl, it, they um, say, so well, I think, you know, they, where they see the house at the very end, and that sort of, it just sort of highlights the sort of magic of, of, of Christmas to me.
0: Cool, thank you so much. That's all right. And, oh, would you is there a song from the film or just a Christmas song that you would like us to play for you today?
9: Oh, it's it's a song from the film or oh, Christmas song. Uh, oh, I like the... Um, is it Greg Lake? That they thought it'd be peace at Christmas. Uh, they do 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 peace at Christmas. They thought there'll be peace on earth. Ooh, do you know the
0: sang
9: it? It's Greg Lake. Greg Lake. Yeah.
0: Cool Greg Lake Christmas War. Yeah. About
9: nineteen, about nineteen seventy-three.
8: There'll be peace on earth But instead it just kept on raining A veil of tears for the virgin birth I remember one Christmas morning A winter's light and a distant choir and the peal of a bell and that Christmas tree smell And ice full of tinsel and fire They sold me a dream of Christmas. They sold me a silent night. They told me a fairy story till I believed in the Israelite. And I believed in Father Christmas. And I looked to the sky with excited eyes. Then I woke with a yawn in the first light of dawn. Saw him through his disguise
0: That was Greg Lake
2: (laughs) from Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Yes, yes, yeah. He was, he was,
0: yeah. He was one, one of them. And apparently, he wrote that song because he was annoyed at how commercial Christmas was getting, and thought it was going away from like you know a true message of Christmas. So he wrote it to sort of like you know refocus. But thank you very much, Peter, because I'd never heard of that song before. I just, I was like, when you said Greg, I was like, I've never heard that song before. That's one of the things I love about interviewing people—you find all these things out that you didn't know. However, his film choice miracle, miracle on 34 34
5: Street. because
0: i happen to know for a for a fact that this combines so many things i love about this show i know it is sharon it's your favorite christmas I movie i chose
2: it last christmas show yes yes
0: and Sh- claudia i know it's your favorite christmas movie yes it is Yay.
3: it is my favorite
0: uh, however you guys are talking about the different versions that are years apart which leads us to something else we always talk about on this show which is remakes yes. Remakes. This so, is a
2: remake that definitely works, though.
0: So, so let's, and, it Claude, go, you, you haven't said much this year, so you just go ahead and tell us about Miracle on 34th Street. This is the version starring Myra Wilson and mm-hmm, Richard Attenborough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And tell us about the film and tell us about why you love it so much.
3: Okay, so Miracle on 34th Street, which is the remake that was made in 1994, was the... I think it's actually the only version I've seen. I don't think I've seen the 1947 one. Yeah. Mm. Um, with Mara Wilson and Richard Attenborough, I will agree entirely with the with the person you interviewed, Tosin. It is magical. It is just it is just an amazing movie. I think um, I watched this as a child with my mum and my sisters, and I just I just loved it. I just thought it was it was amazing. It was beautiful. It was every. It just really puts you in the Christmas mood and in the Christmas spirit. Um, I think I'll, I'll leave I'll leave my gushing at that. Okay, so tell us a little <laughs> bit about way. the story. The story. Okay, so the story is about um, um a guy called uh it's it's set in New York City, um, in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and um, a guy called Chris Kringle watches a basically the Macy's I think it's Macy's Macy's mm. um, Christmas parade with a, a Santa Claus that's essentially drunk and misbehaving very badly, and then this guy gets fired, and this other person called Chris Kringle Chris Kringle acts as as um, uh, becomes hired as a new kind of Macy's Father Christmas for the Christmas period, and he does an absolutely amazing job through slightly unconventional ways, kind of redirecting customers to go to other shops. But then there are things about him that just makes that just makes you think that he's quite exceptional. Like he would he would um, speak to children in other languages, and he would magically find them Christmas presents that they you know been dreaming of forever and ever. And then you meet this girl called um, Mara Wilson. Um, is it Mara Wilson? That's her real name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's her real name, yeah. So she plays a girl called Susan in the film and she doesn't believe in Father Christmas and then slowly over the course of the film, through lots and lots of things, she believes in him as Father Christmas. Essentially, that's about... That's about. Yeah. That's and a, it's that's the the story's exactly version.
2: the same in the 1940s version. Mm. It's just, yeah, it's a young Natalie Wood mm. playing the Mara Wilson role. Mm. And Edmund Gwynne plays the role that Richard Attenborough played. But yeah, they both play it with charm mm. and with... Real <coughs> warmth mm. and yeah, you just love them and you think if there was a stuff Father Christmas he that would yes that, that would be him. That would be yeah. him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they just they so they they both have this sort of like grandpa Christmas yeah. theta to them yeah. their little <laughs> so yeah. bit. Yeah. So why do you think it's so magical? What do you think? What do you think about the story? Do you think it is that just sort of like gives you that extra sprinkle of magic that even a remake couldn't spoil?
2: I think it's the warmth of the story, and it makes you want to believe.
0: Oh yeah. I
2: think in something greater. If that is, to, you know, Father Christmas, then when they they have a court case, don't they, Claudette? Yes, they do. Yeah. They tra- um,
3: what does he have to prove? Yeah, he has to prove that essentially he's the real Father Christmas, or that Father Christmas exists. And they they start up this huge huge kind of public. Campaign kind of drumming up support for for this guy Chris kringle as the real Father Christmas, and and you just start seeing um, you know um, weather reporters wearing badges saying I believe, and uh, you see it on the side of buses saying I believe, and it's almost like it's the the biggest like court case of that particular year or that particular season. You know, is this guy really Father Christmas kind of thing? Um, and it's just you and you just, want to believe as well. You yeah, want to have that yeah. badge
2: saying I believe.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you really get this sense that the whole, the whole city of New York are really rallying around this yeah, guy, who's fighting all of the odds, and you know, yeah. Because in the '40s
2: version, it has like on the radio, they have these rel- the radio reporters, you know, commentating on the the. the the, the trial, trial mm. that's going and on, we, yeah. And they were like waiting with Beta breath around the radios, listening to say, what's the verdict going to be? Is mm. he Father Christmas? Is mm. he not Father Christmas? And we're all
5: going, oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're I, there.
0: Well, I guess because I, I think that there do seem to be different styles of Christmas movie, and this, this seems to fall into the bracket of the Christmas movie, where um, it's really about sort of like, you know, that childhood wonder being destroyed by life. And whether whether it's possible to actually get it back or whether it's like, you know, let's have that childhood wonder back. And it seems like that's what Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street really is about. Even even in the title it talks about Miracle. Mm. That it's like, let's go back to
2: Yeah, yeah Oh my God, Christmas, re- it's amazing. Yeah, that innocence yeah. regained. Yeah. Mm. yeah. From innocence
0: lost. Well, yeah. that's good. It, it manages to do it. It uh, manages to do it well and in a non-preachy way, from what you guys say.
5: Mm. Mm. Yeah, yes. it does. Well, cool. Have you watched it, Tosin? I
0: I have watched the Richard Attenborough version. Mm-hmm. I have not watched the edmund gwynn version. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, even though I I, it's in black and white, so I'll give it a go. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard but good
3: things about it. Apparently, though, the 1994 version is the fourth one they've done. There are two more. Oh wow!
2: I know those out two. there. Yeah, we've got them both on DVD at home actually. We've got the 40s one and the 90s one. We've got them both on DVD.
0: So, what, the 40s one was a remake? No, no,
3: no, no. no. (laughs) I think the 40s one was the first one, and they've done two more in in between. um, Oh. In between the that one and the 1990s. Oh, wow, those would
0: be, those, those would probably be American TV movies. Possibly, possibly, yeah, yeah that's they, what they,
2: often they might have been a stage show. American one of them, I don't know.
0: Yeah. American TV Christmas movies are terrible.
2: There's t- there's a whole channel <laughs> of them. Have you seen <laughs> Christmas Twenty Four? I know, 24? I know. Christmas really? 20- really? That, yeah. oh, oh my goodness! That and it starts horrible. in November. There's that many films. They start in November. Do they, they repeat run? the films ever? Yes, all about three times a day. Oh my goodness! It's and terrible. And
3: then you've got, 20, you've got Christmas Twenty Four plus. What, so they're an hour later, just in case... No, you they have
2: different films, so
3: they're running different side by films. side, so you've and got...
2: And
0: it's all American, made-for-TV, Christmas movies. <laughs> they're all, yes. Oh, and have yes. I mentioned, have I mentioned, they're terrible. They
2: are yes. terrible. <laughs> what what films are, superficial? are on there? What films They're are mainly on? like Christmas romance-type films, <laughs> some where uh, lonely. a Lonely Spinster meets, you know, Handsome Bachelor, uh, some sort of conflict in the middle, and then they have a they get engaged or they get married on Christmas Day. Or
0: something. Sucky nonsense.
5: Or if
2: there's any any slight conflict, it's all resolved by Christmas. It just, yeah,
0: it doesn't doesn't get the, it doesn't, oh man. There's
2: no darkness in it. The conflict might be, you know, oh, I've got to to get this contract ready, or like a writer. I've got to get my book submitted by Christmas. That's the conflict. Fine. And then it's like, I've got inspiration. I've met this new man. I've got inspiration. My book is finished. (laughs) And scene. so, (laughs) so, So...
3: so is Love Actually, then, a better version of those kind of Christmas oh, movies? Oh,
2: in no comparison. You may take one of the strands from Love Actually, dilute it a little bit, yeah, and then that's what you've and got. And then make it rubbish. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And stretch it out for an hour and a half. Make it an hour and a half, yeah. yeah. And then okay. Hallmark make lots of them. They make <sighs> about 30 Christmas films a year.
0: Yeah, Hallmark How is... are they
3: making money from this? Because
2: American,
0: people, Because people watch these television. things and you just sell advertising. That's how they do it. Because sometimes actually, I've read uh, this synopsis think about it. and
2: thought, oh, I think I might watch that film. And you watch it and you think, oh, why did I waste an hour and a half? I watch Candy Crush. I play Candy Crush Saga when I'm watching them because you know, yeah, that's, that, that's how gripping they are.
0: Like, uh, uh, okay, have they got to the resolution point yet? And there it is. I'm back to Candy, Candy Crush. Back to Candy Crush. <laughs> oh, my word. Okay, okay. okay. That That actually leads us very well onto the next section of this show. And this is the section of the show I'm going to call the Bar Humbug. Yes. section of the show the people who a <laughs> scrooge at least at the beginning of a christmas carol would be very happy to agree with and call friends and so these are two uh, next up we're going to hear from two people who um who are facebook friends of the show and these first of all john and then kevin and these are their choices for their favorite ever christmas movie
7: Uh, Black Christmas, Uh, I thought it was very well made, Um, it actually made me jump in places, it was one of the pre-Halloween slashers, Um, John Saxon's in it, Um, Margaret Killer's in it, a lot of, you know, spot the faces, Um, pretty women, it's actually quite funny in places, but it's mainly set out to scare, and yeah, it's just a really well made film.
0: So, some might say, like, you know, Christmas, picking a horror movie for your favourite Christmas film is a bit, like, different. What would you say about that?
7: Well, Christmas tends to be a depressing time. You think about it. So, you know, it's kind of going in with the tone. Is that, you know, there's cheer and joy. You look beyond all the happiness and see the cool darkness
9: of everyone's soul. And, yeah, it's an ideal film for it. My favourite Christmas film is Christmas (laughs) Evil. And why is that? because it's fun. It's like taxi driver for Christmas.
0: So tell me, what, give me a brief synopsis. What is, what is Christmas evil about?
9: It's about, ooh, hang on. <laughs> no, I can't do it like that. It's, it's a guy that becomes uh, gradually obsessed with Christmas and starts to believe he's um, Father Christmas.
0: What does that drive to do?
1: reward the good
9: and punish the bad.
0: Right, so there we had, uh, first of all, we heard from John and then we heard from Kevin. Ke- John with Black Christmas and Kevin with a film called Christmas Evil. So the titles kind of clear you into what kind of films you're going to be getting. And I think these are films that were made around about the same time. And I think that there was, it's almost kind of from this retaliation or rebellion against the whole commercialization of Christmas. or so the whole kind of, oh, look at this really, really cute story we're going to tell you, and this is going to happen, and all that kind of stuff. I think it's a little bit of a retaliation against the Hallmark kind of movies, which in a way is a sort of, I think the fact they have a Christmas channel called Christmas 24 that has all these movies in it, which you, can, you can't you can really remember any one of them because they're all just sort of like terrible. And the, the only reason that the, this channel exists is because they figured out we can make money from it and we can sell the advertising and somebody is going to be watching this channel. It's This film seems to sort of like, go, fine, we're actually going to go to the other end. And they are, like, okay, one of them was, as I think Kevin referred to Christmas Evil as Taxi Driver at Christmas. Anybody who's seen Taxi Driver will know that it's a film that's about a man who gets isolated, more and more gets isolated from all of humanity, feels like he doesn't really, nobody, and he decides to so become this sort of avenging angel and take matters into his own hands and I haven't seen Christmas Evil but I've read the synopsis of it and it's a bit like that it's a man who decides right these people in this world there's good people and there's bad people I'm going to decide who's good and who's bad and I'm going to reward the good and I'm going to punish the the bad people and he punishes them um, by essentially you know ending their lives <laughs> the <laughs>
2: ultimate naughty or nice list. Exactly.
0: The, the ultimate naughty or nice list, which has a it has quite a bit of similarity to some to some original um Chris Kringle uh myths or yeah, that or it legends. was a bit dark going yeah.
2: back back really? in the day. Some of really? the early Christmas legends are dark, yeah. As yeah. dark as Krampus. Yeah.
5: <laughs> 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 Probably.
0: Well, yeah, well Krampus is one of the early Christmas legends because I think a lot of them come from like Norway and Scandinavia. Really, yeah. And it was it was things like, you know, um, it was the whole idea. of I think St. Nicholas or the like Chris Kringler, St. Nicholas, I can't remember which one. Yeah. Originally, what he would do is that like he would come in and when he says he would look, he, he would essentially leave the good kids alone. But he would come and punish the bad ones by either taking them away or by eating them or <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And that that was the legend. And it's <laughs> and I think. And I think, Claudia, you look shocked. Yeah,
3: that's, <laughs> that's your that's terrifying. Shattered, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: Why do you think the Scandinavian kids were so well behaved? Really, they did not want to be eaten by Krumpus. They didn't want to be eaten by Krumpus. They didn't want Kris Kringle to come get there or anything like yeah, that. because
2: a lot of, I know, I think early, the English father Christmas, who wore green and had a Holly mm-hmm. in his hair, was like a green man type figure as well. He was like the spirit of the land and yeah he could like yeah do horrible things to you as well if you didn't think you were what deserving yeah. what it wasn't always about bringing gifts it was about yeah bringing punishment punishment and well. pain oh my goodness it was, it goodness was about me. bringing
0: punishment and pain and it was a bit more it was a bit more rooted in how hard bit life is
2: paganism as well the whole you know the, root, the source some of the sources of these legends are, are based in paganism mm-hmm. rather so, than so, early so, christianity
0: yeah mm-hmm. so essentially when christianity came along and more or less Or, well, some would say hijacked that holiday, or some would say, depending on what you want to, essentially, these were already happening. And so, Christianity came along, and they kind of like,
3: Turned them upside down a bit.
0: Well, yeah, they yeah. niceified them. Niceified, <laughs> yeah. nice-ified them. Like, they like, made them pleasant, them and
3: made them into something different. It yeah. made them pleasant <laughs> and they were, palatable.
2: They
0: were like, they were yeah. like, oh, Krampus. Yeah, yeah. How about I have a jolly red hat and like get rosy chicks and get a little bit fat and then how about you give people presents and just give like this guy a lump of coal instead of eating him, maybe <laughs> that kind of stuff. It's
3: like this
2: evolution of the, the Christmas. Yeah, these legends, yeah.
0: myths. And and I think sometimes films like Black Christmas, Black Christmas, which is essentially kind of like a slasher film set around Christmas, a guy who dresses around um, dresses up as Santa Claus and stalks a sorority house in in it's nineteen seventies America somewhere. And so I think films like that, they're kind of like almost sort of saying, we shall reclaim the original (laughs) thing of what Christmas is about. Yeah, tap
2: into some of that darkness. Yeah. The fact that Christmas is always midwinter. It's at the shortest days Mm -hmm. and it's the darkest nights. Yeah. It's when people would tell ghost stories and would tell, would scare people into being good. Because it's easier to believe horrible dark things are lurking out there when it's dark for yeah. longer than it's light.
0: Yeah, and it's a bit like a bit like what John was saying. I mean, what he was saying about like you know, Christmas is not entirely a happy time for everybody and all that mm. kind of stuff. Mm. That yeah, and I think these films do go in there. And hey, hey, way we're living in a world where everybody's accepted, so it's okay for that to be your favorite, <laughs> your favorite Christmas movie. Just it's... don't expect
3: us to watch them. <laughs> That's not going on my list. <laughs> no, <laughs> watch Christmas Twenty Four instead. <laughs> no, Christmas Twenty Four is not going on my list.
0: No. I think I would actually watch one of these films and watch Christmas Twenty Four.
3: <laughs> really? The,
0: the, I think there's something there's something more sincere in these films, than there. <laughs> yeah, <then> the, <laughs> and there is in Christmas Twenty Four. Yeah. than that whole horrible nonsense Ugh, good. I
2: believe that if you watched Christmas 24 for too long you'd get diabetes <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh,
5: it's so horrible it's just too sweet for words yeah.
0: I, th- I think about the only reason to watch that is to see people who acted in these films before they- when they needed their money yeah. <laughs> essentially
2: it's really weird when you see someone famous turn up Dean Cain's in a lot of them they post Superman, you know, he hasn't. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't
0: really done much after after he no. was Superman on TV. And you
2: see him as he's a romantic lead in a lot of these Christmas films. You think, mm. oh, Dean, Dean, he was Superman. You're like, dude, man, what did you do to all
0: that money? <laughs> what did you do with all that money? All right, cool. And um, so now, thank you very much, uh, Kevin, and thank you, John. And now we're going to go back into the hospital, into Luckham War- Ward again. And I'm going to bump into a doctor called Clem who told us this is still this is on the it's on the more diluted sort of grinchy scroogey end of the scale um uh but this is what she had to say
2: uh hi my name's clemency booth i'm one of the doctors that works here in st mary's my favorite christmas movie is bad santa
0: (laughs) (laughs) why bad santa
2: it's just uh, it's just undescribable.
4: it's just hilarious um and it kind of makes Christmas kind of funny in a dark way. <laughs> <laughs> I love a, I love a black comedy. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, cool. And okay, so, favorite oh, Christmas song that we can play for you today? Um,
4: what's that Christmas song? Probably Last Christmas by Wham. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, cool. No bro, That's a person from the 80s we've had. <laughs> <laughs> cool. we we'll get you the Last Christmas by Wham. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yes, and that was well I'm with Last Christmas. Thank you very much, Clem. Shall we say Dr. Booth for, for giving us that? And Bad Santa. Have you guys seen Bad Santa? No,
2: nope. No, I haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> okay, Bad Santa. Bad Santa is actually a very, very... It's quite a funny film because it's, it's, it's kind of at its heart. It's a Christmas story. So, like, you know, Christmas stories, you usually have stories of redemption and you have stories of people, but it's kind of like a film that it's it's it knows it's going to become it's going to be a redemption story but it drags its feet and mm-hmm. it, it's sort of like it rails against every single <laughs> every single thing of, about being a christmas story so it's when you have your christmas 24 films which will f- see every single cliche come in and yes. will dive head first into it and make the cliche worse somehow bad santa so it starts off with this guy who is he Well, it's played by billy pop thornton and he has a guy, he has like a he has a dwarf as a friend. And both of them, they go every Christmas, they will go to a department store and they'll get jobs as Santa and, and an elf. And But the whole idea is that while they're doing it, what they're actually doing is that they're casing the place and they will rob the place. So every Christmas they will go and they will rob a department store, take everything and all that kind of stuff. But during the day, there'll be like, he'll be a Santa and his helper. But this guy's an alcoholic. He just doesn't have his life together and anything like that. And he just keeps... So he ends up like swearing at the kids when the kids come sit on his lap and all that. <laughs> and he's just, and he gets to the point where he's like his, his, his crime partner gets annoyed at him because it's like, dude, you can't even keep it together to, to do this thing with the kids so that we can actually rob this place. So that's the whole idea. That's the beginning. Then there's a boy who sort of like lives with his grandmother and his father, his, his mother isn't around, his dad's in jail, all that kind of stuff. But this guy, this, this boy meets this Santa and starts believing that this guy really is the Santa. So it's almost kind of like the opposite of Miracle of Thirty Fourth Street in some ways. And no matter how bad this Santa guy is to the kid, the kid will not stop believing that he is Santa. So he does all these things, and it goes to all this sort of stuff. And the film is quite gross. It's quite crude, and it go. It, it's it seems like it's it's trying. It, it seems like the film tries to just so sort of like go against everything a Christmas movie should be. It's not sweet. It's foul mouthed It has it's R rated. It's all that kind of stuff. But through this whole thing, it's it's about this man, who even at the end of the film doesn't really get to the point. He doesn't go, "Oh my God, I've changed now and I'm wonderful <laughs> and oh blah, 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 and like." But he so sort of begrudgingly changes a little bit through the film to do something that's quite. Christmassy towards the end, even though it ends up with him getting shot by the police. <laughs> <laughs> <What's that>? <laughs> but but <laughs> the, the, that's the kind of film it is. So towards the end of the film, he gets shot by the police. But he gets shot by the police while trying to do something good <laughs> for a change, <laughs> because the police are onto his his. It. So I think Bad Santa is actually a very good film. I mean, it's it's a very good film. It's 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 Christmas at at the heart of it. It's got like oh, but they are buried. The themes, the Christmas themes in it are buried between a whole bunch of profanity and obscenity <laughs> and just kind of stuff that you would not expect in a Christmas movie. So I think that's why it's become a bit of like a, a cult classic because it's it's Christmas, but not as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably the best way of putting that.
3: <laughs> okay, but, I think that one will go on my list.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'll say you should, you should go because it's one of these things where it's, it starts off. A bit like, you know, what the guys were saying beforehand about what Christmas is like and it's all that horrible and this guy just sees it as an opportunity to rob all these places and all that kind of... But it, it's, it's almost kind of like a more realistic Christmas story, as in, would somebody totally change and become, oh my God, I've changed now and everything like that? Probably not. But maybe he could go from there to there. All right. <laughs> it's, so yeah, I think um the a, a Bad Santa act uh, I've, I've watched it once I I quite uh, f- f- well I was kind of like what the heck's going on but I quite liked it it was one of those films that after a couple of days you're like actually yeah that was quite good <laughs> that was quite good but while you're watching it you're probably thinking what the heck is this <laughs> <laughs> alright cool we are going towards the end of the show now and now we have two more people from Luckham two more people from Luckham and um, first up let's hear what Monica had to say about what her favourite Christmas movie is
3: my name's Monica Butler on Luck and Ward, and my favourite uh, Christmas movie is Home Alone 1. Well, is it okay to say what
0: you what you like about Home Alone 1? What do I like about it?
3: Um, it's just very funny. It makes me laugh. That is it. Cool. Good stuff. <laughs> Cringing.
0: Oh, okay, a Christmas song that you like us to play?
3: Christmas song.
4: Um. And so this is Christmas.
3: No, Mariah Carey. Oh.
0: Christmas is you baby Oh oh this thing's on. Oh Christmas is you Alright cool. Yeah, okay. I know people have issues with my Carrie, Sharon, but
2: <laughs> Yeah, my headphones were off. I really enjoyed that last five minutes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But I have to admit, that is, that is, because first time I ever heard that song, I actually thought that she was doing a cover of an older song that had been written ages ago. Mm. And then found out that she wrote it. And I'm like, oh wow. Really? Well, had- she
3: wrote it. She Herself.
0: Wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Mary Carey wrote that, that song. At all. Yeah. yeah? Do you know what? She
3: need never work again. Oh, no. The no. way that song is played every Christmas, <laughs> yeah. she does not need to sing another note
0: yeah, I think, ever. I, I think uh, there's, there's a generation that, as much as White Christmas says Christmas is around for some people, and Chestnut's written over fire, say for some other people. There's a generation that all I want for Christmas about Mara Carey that says it's Christmas. Yeah, Christmas has arrived. Yeah, we're playing the, the song. The song is here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's one. OK, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same generation, I think. Same generation. But yeah, she she actually wrote it and produced it. And uh, with a composer called Walter No, Afanasieff. Afanasiev, Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm quite impressed. It's probably that. Yeah. Her grandchildren will be living off that song. Yeah. Mm, definitely.
3: <laughs> because that, that's sorted.
0: But the film choice, the film choice was Home Alone. Home Alone. Home Alone. Yes, but before, uh, okay, now, okay, before we even talk about this, we spoke to somebody else in Luckham, somebody else in Luckham, who also said this, and this is what he had to say. Uh, Mickey, um, Home
8: Alone. Home Alone. Yes. Okay, the
0: first
8: one. Yes, first one.
0: Okay, why Home Alone?
3: Because like you can never get enough of Home Alone. Like you watch it and rewatch it every every Christmas, and you're just attracted uh, by by that movie. It's like crazy, and everyone wants to be home alone and like fighting that kind of <laughs> rubbers <laughs> with all all like the equipment that he has. Cool, good stuff. And,
0: uh, for, so, what Christmas song would you like us to play for you?
3: jingle bell rock that i think is also in the in, oh. the in the in the soundtrack I
0: think it's or, or one the one first
3: one. Or, or the second jingle bell rock I should it's be both
0: of them the first one the second one they just do
3: the same thing <laughs> yeah 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 yeah
0: okay cool thanks so much Ricky. <laughs> jingle bell jingle
10: bell jingle bell rock jingle bell Up your feet. Jingle up around the clock Mix and a mingle in the jingle and feet That's the jingle bell ride
0: Yes, Jingle Bell Rock. And uh, okay through the glass I think I could read Claudia's lips and you said the words mean girls.
3: I did I did <laughs> say the word the words mean girls, I did.
0: <laughs> okay, because Mean Girls is one of your favorite films that does have a bit with that song in it, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think to be honest I think I may have heard this song, the original, but the version I will always remember is the version from Mean Girls, where uh, Rachel McAdams and Lindsay Lohan and the other and Amanda Seyfried and the other girl I can't remember her real name. Um, they they perform this song for their Lacey school Chabette. Christmas. That's the one. Yeah, they performed this song for their school Christmas talent show, and it's it's just a bit it's just a bit of silliness, but it's <laughs> it's, it's quite funny.
0: It's quite funny. Okay, cool, but. Home Alone, Home Alone. Now, I have to say, you know, Sharon, okay, you want to say something? No, about... I'm just
2: going to make a confession here. I haven't seen
0: it. You haven't seen Home Alone? No. You've never seen Macaulay Culkin with the slap <gasps> the face. up I know but the po- I've seen it. Poster, but I haven't seen it. What? But I've seen it. <gasps> You've seen it. <gasps> I know,
3: I've I, I've seen <laughs> it rehearsal. once. I yeah. barely remember it, but I've definitely seen it before.
0: Well, I have, to, I have to say, though, because it is It is one of these things. Where, okay, so Home Alone, the whole idea being that this big family, they're going off on holiday, and in all the rush and everything like that, they forget one of their kids. So it's like extended family. So they forget one of the kids at home. They leave him in Chicago. They go off to wherever they are. And then when they land, they realize, where's Kevin? And they realize that he's at home alone. And he's kind of like, yes, yes, my family's in here. He's got the whole house to himself. He can do whatever the heck he wants and all that kind of stuff. But then there's these robbers. They, they show up again. <laughs> these robbers who go to the house and they go right we're gonna rob this house and they essentially go they go around to people's houses when they're on holidays and they rob them and what they call themselves the wet bandits because what they do is that they leave the they leave all the taps on so when the people come back from holiday the house is ruined because there's just water everywhere Yes, so so that's that's what they do. Nice do and so they decide to go into this <laughs> house, and it's essentially this kid going right. That's it. I'm going to take over this. I'm going to fight them off. And he comes up with all these ingenious ways. And it's then once that bit starts, the whole film is a bit like a wily. It's like a it's like a wily coyote roadrunner cartoon because it's all these different things that he sets up, and it becomes like just a slapstick classic from that point on with all these things. And I think what Mickey was saying, I understand what he was saying about wanting your whole family as a kid as a young boy one of your families just leave you alone leave me alone get out of the house leave it to me yes yeah, me and then thinking yeah i could do this and i can do that with a thing and i can do that with the iron and i can get it and i can knock these guys out and i can take i could take on these two robbers these two idiots to come into my house and try and take over everything and it, it is i think for a young boy home alone is is like a lot is a massive amount of wish fulfillment <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think that for a young boy, Homer is just such a huge, huge, massive just jilt of wish-fulfillment because you're like, oh man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could come up with that stuff. I could come up with these sort of crazily Rube Goldberg machines that just sort of destroy these guys and, and save the day and everything like that. And it's such a good, uh, I think it's such a good film that even Macaulay Culkin, at the height of his kid can't actiness didn't ruin it. <laughs> it's, so yeah I yeah, think it's probably going to be on ITV at some point over this Christmas because they always show Home Alone I would recommend watching it I would really recommend watching it
3: is that film like 25 years old now it's been around a while hasn't
0: it it's possibly old. how old am I it's probably, yeah, it's probably around about then it's probably about 25 years old
2: I didn't think it was 90s wasn't it
0: it was early it was 90s. 90s it was early 90s yeah
2: I think I was an adult when it came out, so I probably thought Myth is not for me. But maybe, yeah, I might have to... No,
0: yeah. I, I, would, I would say try because it's, it because it's got like Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci and um, Daniel Stern, who play the two robbers. And they they are so game in this film because <laughs> there's like there's you see Joe Pesci, you see him in things like Goodfellas and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And they see him in Lethal Weapon, where he's a bit more comical or anything like that. And they see him in this, where he's... He's this bumbling guy who's Pratt falling all over the place and getting smacked in the face with a hot iron and getting like the letter M burnt into his hand because they put like a you know, heating thing. It's it's yeah, it it there's Home Alone is a lot like a living cartoon. It's it's a lot like a living cartoon. Chris Columbus who did it. I mean, who he's probably best known nowadays for doing Harry Potter yeah. and all that kind of stuff. He that is just it's a great film. Why actually Chris Columbus? It was Chris Columbus. I think John Hughes wrote it, but Chris Columbus directed it. Yeah, mm. I think that was it. So it's um, it's uh, it's quite, it's good. It's it's a classic. Uh, it's a classic, and it's one of those films that it's one of those Christmas films that I would watch even though it wasn't Christmas.
2: Wow, that's uh, good. That's a yeah recommendation then.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the the only thing that I think that nowadays I might have issues with is Macaulay Culkin. Because, well, I mean, we loved him when we were kids because we wanted to, like, you know, have all the opportunities he had. But as a group, they were kind of like, <laughs> ooh, boy can't act. <laughs> God, it's like the first Harry Potter movie all over again.
2: I remember watching Uncle Buck. Was he in that when he was?
0: He was not
2: yeah. I remember that because I yeah. just liked John. Is it, who was it? Was John that. Candy. John Candy. It was John yeah. Candy.
0: Yeah. I thought that was funny okay so we have about five minutes before we sort of sign off on this christmas thing before we t- wish everybody a merry christmas you guys were saying a little while ago about some films that you're like oh my god that hasn't shown up so films that you think you think oh, i should have been on this list but didn't show up today
3: um, the Santa Claus, Tim Allen, and some other people that I can't remember.
0: Oh yeah, somebody actually said the Santa Claus. They just refused to go into the go into to say it while the recorder was on, oh, okay. but they said the Santa Claus.
2: That is funny. I think that his transformation, you know, where he's on that he's trying to lose, he can't understand why he's gaining weight. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the beard and he's yeah. just like what the, what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he's like walking around his office and like he's like he's turning into Father Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And no one they were like going, what's going on with him? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I have to remember. it's just
2: the comedy of it, isn't it? the sheer physical comedy of yeah, it is, just the man? first one not any of the sequels I don't know if I've seen all of the sequels
0: I don't think I've seen any uh, yeah, I think I've seen I have seen the second one but I can't remember it which tells you everything
2: these ones are like the badass dwar- elves or dwarves or whatever
0: they are. I know the third one has Martin Short coming as Jack Frost and doing something about taking over as Santa Claus and all that kind of stuff. But nah, I you know, whatever. But I think the first one is all about a guy who manages, who realizes that Santa isn't one person, but is passed from person to person. And because he inadvertently kills Santa when Santa's on his <laughs> roof. <laughs> <laughs> he
4: has
2: he, to become.
0: He becomes Santa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah, to The Santa Claus, I quite like that word. Uh, any other film?
2: I thought of Alf.
0: Elf. Elf. Because okay. I just
2: think it's the funniest, silliest, ridiculous, just <laughs> film of you know, Christmas films for the last sort of, 10 years. It that... just makes me laugh every time I watch it. I do like. I think it's just joyful and funny and silly and daft. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I haven't I... seen that one. Oh, it's funny. The whole premise of it is that he's a human baby and that was left at the North at the Pole. North Pole. Or he end up at the North Pole. And so he instead of growing up to be like three foot tall, he grows up to be like six foot four. But But he he thinks he's an elf. He thinks he's an elf. And he dresses and he lives and he does everything else with all the other elves. But he's like this six foot four man wearing yellow tights (laughs) and a green tunic. And then he goes to New York to find his real father. And he's still dressed in the same clothes. (laughs) And you see him, like, <laughs> skipping along the street dressed as this elf, And he's, like, he can't believe there's, like, free candy on the streets. And it's, like, people's chewing gum and bubble gum that they've just stuck on the side oh of Oh, my them. goodness. And he's, <laughs> he's eating all this stuff. I mean, it's just some of it is really, like, revolting. And like, he, he goes to dinner with his real dad, and he has, like, spaghetti, and he puts syrup on everything. It's like, you can't have a meal without, you know, because all the owls in, in in the North Pole, they live on, like, sugar and Jeez. candy canes mm. and stuff. It's just really funny.
0: Yeah, that's recently been turned into a Broadway musical. (laughs) But anyway, I just going to say thank you, Sharon, and thank you, Claudia, for joining us. Thank you, Caroline, Dave, Olive, Eddie, Peter, John, Kevin, Clem, Monica, and Mickey for joining us on the show today. Until the next time, have a great Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas. Listen to your doctors if you're in the hospital. Get well soon. And remember that, as always, they don't Don't make make them like like they they used used to. Thank you very much.